Welcome to the Lost Luggage Podcast, a podcast all about travel, misfortune and adventure, from travelling in Siberia and crashing your car into a river, to losing your passports in Iraq. We have literally done it all. This is part two of the QI episode, where we talk about all the interesting facts. And uh, as we might have heard in part one, we overrun slightly, so we decided to split it into two, which is why you're listening to my voice right now. So without further ado, get right into it and enjoy listening to us talk about some of the most interesting travel facts in the world. Mike, did you watch the Sky series Chernobyl? I love that series. One of the best things that's been on TV in years. Well, I'm glad you said that. But um, okay, so this is, I haven't got a statement for this fact. This is just more a, a fact. So Chernobyl's nuclear reactor blew up in 1986, obviously releasing tons of nuclear waste and gamma rays, meaning it won't be inhabitable for another 24,000 years. In recent years, you may have seen many documentaries or maybe on YouTube, you watch some travel vloggers. And they take you on a tour of the ghost city of uh, Pripyat. And I'm sure you've all seen the famous pictures of the buildings falling apart and all the decaying stuff. And most famously, you might have seen the famous um, amusement park with the Ferris wheel and the Dodgems and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. I recognise it from uh, Modern Warfare. That's where, that's where a lot of people recognise Pripyat from. Did you ever play that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, do, do bring back a little bit. Yeah. But uh, have you ever seen the vlogs on YouTube or the documentaries of them going to this amusement park? Yeah, and in, they uh, go into the exclusion zone, but not to this theme park or amusement park. Yes. Well, it turns out the amusement park was actually due to open the day after the explosion. So it was never actually used by that anyone. That seriously sucks, spending all that money. Uh, especially in like Pripyat, Ukraine, I guess it probably didn't have the most money, and then just just spend no. it on building that, and then oh, that's like, although it does, I don't know. I I feel like the aesthetic of the place is pretty much defined by that theme park. So in a way, like the creators of it did kind of make something quite iconic. And you know, if if the explosion had never happened, it would have just been some shitty amusement park that got demolished. Now it's like a symbol of Chernobyl. I don't know. Yeah, it very much is. But if you if you if you ever watch a documentary in it or all the some cringy YouTubers and they kind of go, Oh, it must have been bad for the people who used to play in this park. It was never open. So you could get one over on them in the yeah, comments. I'll send um I'll send them a couple of emails and if they don't respond I'll start I'll find their number and start calling them out <laughs> breathing down the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting that yeah, um, I wanted to go there. Um, and do one of those tours because I've been planning to go to Ukraine for a while and I found out that if you take, if you take film like like camera film um, the radiation ruins it and like fogs it so I kind of decided mm. entirely based on that not to go because the only reason I'd go is to take all photos so I've got a friend who um, I drove through Ukraine on the way back from uh, Russia and uh, yeah, my friends were there a week or so before I was and they went to Pripyat and they'd done the um, 
the uh, the uh, Chernobyl tour, and they they saw uh, David Attenborough filming there for his new series. Oh shit! I didn't even know he went there. I don't think he should be. <laughs> yeah, I think on the, the one of the latest series. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we, on the Cara and Nate episode, which is the one I watched, like they were measuring the radiation, and in some parts it was like higher, but they said like it was still way less than you would get sitting on a plane, for example. Like you'd get a lot more radiation. Yeah. Than, it's really weird how I don't really get how radiation works. To be totally honest with you, well, you see, it's very in certain areas it can be very high concentrated, and that can just like instantly kill you. And then like, yeah, yeah. did you you saw the series Chernobyl, right? I assume. Um, I watched like the first three episodes, and I don't know. It, it, well, I like I like Jared Ross Harris. I think Jared Harris is really good. The guy who plays Legasov. Um, yeah, I think he's a brilliant actor. I love the trailer for it as well. But the interesting thing, I remember the bit where they, they bury the firefighters, do you remember? And they bury them in metal coffins that are yeah. like um, sealed shut just so that they really yeah. leak into the groundwater. It's crazy. It's nuts how they just treated that like a fire initially. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of like um, a demonstration of how like when you have a very centrally planned government, it can really like, in that kind of situation, fuck things up because it's like a boardroom of... 10 politicians decide everything and like none of them were like experts on radiation and they kind of just stomped their way through it really really interesting it's just mm-hmm. so much bureaucracy and so many people having so much power who sort of didn't know anything about the scale of it and like you know how a, rich- a, bit, like the, a bit like the conservative government am i right topical topical at the moment yeah oh anyway should we move on yeah Splendid. So we've spoken a little bit about France and uh, the longest domestic flight in the world. But when voting for a new president in France, which city has the sixth largest population who can vote? uh, Wait, say that again. So when you're voting for a new president in France, obviously the the presidential candidates have to visit all the major cities, right? Mm -hmm. So which city has the sixth largest population who are eligible to vote it's not the capital of the reunion island no okay nowhere near it's, it's in the french mainland might be no. <laughs> uh, i feel like it's got to be an interesting answer and i want to say like marseille 100 uh, i think marseille is the second largest city uh... but there's a region that it's a sixth No, you got to tell me. No, it's London. London. Oh, is there a lot of expats there? Yeah, so London is home to 300,000 French people who are eligible to vote, making it the sixth most important city in a general election. So much so that when running candidates are doing a press tour, they have to visit London and they have to do a tour in London and uh, visit England's capital city. That's very, very weird. Isn't there isn't there different rules like depending on where you live, who you can when you whether you can vote in elections back home, or maybe well I think that, well you got to remember London London and Paris are so close that it's you know less than an hour flight isn't it so you can have a you could pay taxes and still have a residence in France but still work in the capital of London yeah. where you're probably making a shitload of money you know um, you know how um, yeah. you know Americans when they live abroad anywhere in the world they still have to pay US taxes. They're like one one of the only countries that does that, and like it causes a lot of Americans if they're working or they're like 
living with their partner overseas to just renounce their citizenship just so they don't have to pay the taxes. Makes sense. It's crazy though. It doesn't make any sense. You're not living in the country. Like why the hell should you have to pay the taxes to be there? It's just one little fact. We're doing a lot of facts today. I feel like I just need to bring one more out. Yeah. Sticking on. Um, and then we've got one, this one's slightly less travel related, I guess. Um, but do you know why a marathon is 26.2 miles long? <laughs> Something to do with the bath of marathon? Yeah, yeah, completely right. Um, apart from the run from the Battle of Marathon back to Athens was never 26.2 miles long. So the actual distance that people run in a marathon today is completely false. It shouldn't be that length whatsoever. Um, let's give a bit of context to this fact. So most marathon runners would know that the marathon came from the Battle of Marathon and uh, Phidippides was running from the battle to Athens to tell the message of victory. However, historians and scientists have now confirmed it was more likely between 22 and 24 miles. The reason it's 26.2 miles is because of the London Olympics in 1908, uh, and more specifically, the royal family. Uh, the royal family wanted to be able to see the marathon, and they wanted it to be finished outside the royal box. So the marathon at the 1908 Olympics started at Windsor Castle, and they wanted it to fit it finish outside the Royal Box in the White City Stadium, uh, which meant they had to extend the race by an extra 2.2 miles, therefore making it 26.2 miles, where it remains that length today. That's amazing. That's kind of wild how marathons are judged based on that one event. Like, yeah. that refusal to compromise and just say, look, fuck it, we'll add two miles on, and now that's what a marathon is. That's so mad. Also, like, it's not you're running a marathon and you're in the last two miles, You've, you know, you just think to yourself, you would be finished now and at home having some food. But no, because of the Queen, you've got to carry on. Well, I was just going to say, imagine you were a um, marathon runner back in 1908. You, you, you uh, I suppose you would get a ship into, into London. Uh, you're there with your team. Let's say you're from Spain or wherever. You're like, yeah, ready for the marathon tomorrow? Yep, yeah, I've done lots of training. Uh, ready, for the, ready for the 24 miles. And then uh, an official comes in. Um, yes, Pablo, uh, need to have a word. Um, it's 26.2 miles now. You're like, what? 26.2? Mm. I could barely do 24. I've been training all my life to do 24. That extra 2.2 miles is quite a significant distance a, to well, I, do extra what you've been training when for. When I go for a run, I just go for two miles, and I find that like a decent run. Like, <laughs> to mm. add two well. Also, like, I don't get how Olympics Olympic Games worked at all back then. Because now you just fly over, you know, eight hours and you, you start training in the local country. But like in 1908, if you're a competitor from like Japan, that's like a that's like four weeks on a ship. And like, how are you going to train on the ship if you're like, um, you know, a sprinter? <laughs> so you, I think um, a lot of countries didn't compete. I think it was mainly a European thing, to my knowledge. Yeah, I just I just don't get how travel like, you know. You actually had to travel for a long time. If you were going across the Atlantic, how long was that? Like a week. You see that? I bet if the, if the Americans took part in the in the nineteen oh Olympics, I bet there'd be. If you were rowing across the Atlantic, by the time you got to London, you'd be an Olympic esque rower. Yeah, you could just train along the way. You'd also probably die in a storm, but let's focus on the positive. It's scurvy. Yeah. yeah. People do that now. Many across the Atlantic on a rowing boat. I find that. Yeah. That. 
even though it's kind of common, it's just nuts to me. I would feel so like alone, you know. I quite like to do it to try and kind of uh, get free and escape normal society. Mm, I feel like my way to do that would be like do a trek through um, a desert or something. I just the ro- the rowing. I feel like just having a sea and just having to constantly work out would just grind my gears too much. Maybe maybe you do it. I guess. Huh? Very well. Very. Well. You don't know until you do it, I guess. Yeah, true, 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 true. I did a lot of rowing when I was younger, so maybe I'd like it. Maybe I'd rediscover a passion for it. Indeed. Um, and, yeah, that's about it for the main facts. Um, so, yeah, join us in part three, where we're going to have some quick fire facts. Actually, no, forget that. We've got to rank them out of five. We haven't done that yet, have No, we? forgot about that. So it's all, all to do, if you will. Um, so let's quickly go through them. Give them a score out of five. Which one was the most impressive? Uh, so number one was, can you see the Great Wall of China from space? What did you make of that fact? Um, I have to give it like a, a two because I already knew it, um, but it is a fact. Okay. The Sahara being the largest desert in the world is wrong. It's the Antarctic. Uh, I'll give that a three, um, not a four or a five because it annoys me that it's considered a desert. In the, <laughs> like I, I get, it's, I it's, a, it's a really interesting fact, but it just kind of pisses me off. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mount Everest is the tallest mountain in the world. Wrong. It's the volcano in Hawaii, Mauna Kea. I like that one. I'm giving that five because I feel like you're giving a, a shout out to the actual winner of the um, tallest <laughs> mountain. <laughs> shout out to my uh, main man, Volcano, Mauna, Mauna Kea. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I knew that would, uh, you'd like that. Uh, number four, uh, which country is the longest domestic flight in the world? It was France. Mm, I found that really, I love that kind of thing. I love how like there are weird territorial technical things that make like weird facts like that exist. Absolutely love it. Give me that five. Give me it yeah, a five. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my personal favourite one. Um, the micronation of Asgardia or the space kingdom of Asgardia. Um, I have to give that a four. It would be a five because it is super interesting. I just um, don't like the 100 euro fee. I think that is, you can't, you know, the one place untouched by capitalism is the moon, and they've instantly sullied it. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Coca-Cola moon. You know, you could have Coca-Cola own it. No one's going to stop them. Very oh, yeah, four. I suppose you could. Um, the amusement park at Chernobyl was never actually open. That's a really niche one, but I really like it. I'll give it a five, because that's something that I'm super aware of from... TV and documentaries about it, and it's quite an interesting fact that it never opened. Fair enough. Um, the sixth largest, most important city to vote for a president in France is London. Uh, that I'll give that a four. That one really threw me for a loop, but kind of like the um, the Arctic Desert one, it kind of annoys me with how it's like it just doesn't make sense to me. Splendid. And finally, the uh, marathon is actually between 22 and 24 miles long. It's only 26.2 because of Queen Victoria or whoever's about them. Um, I think that was King Edward, wasn't it? But yeah, that, that yes, was super anyway. interesting. Yeah, I'll give that a five because like, I always thought it must be like um, a really, a really proper reason that it's that exact length. But the fact that they just wanted it to end in a certain place and now that's just what we use is fucking nuts. Yeah. 
It's remarkably petty. Anyway, um, what did you score those facts at home? Don't worry, because after the break, we're going to have some quick-fire facts, which won't be as long, I promise. We also have the alternative travel news coming up after this short break. But stick around for more quite interesting travel facts. Welcome back to part three of the Lost Luggage podcast. You join us in our QI episode of quite interesting travel-oriented facts. Uh, it's time for the quickfire round, which will be followed by the alternative travel news, which is just really the alternative news now. Um, so I'm going to say some quickfire facts. Will was just going to quickly comment on each of them. You may know them already, um, and you may find them quite interesting yourself. Um, so without further ado, we'll go first. William, did you know that the United States purchased Alaska from Russia in 1867 for $7.2 million? Um, I'm afraid I did already know this. And uh, it's funny because they discovered oil and gold there not that long later. So Russia really, very interesting fact. And Russia really massively fucked up on it. Well, apparently the, um, the net worth that they've managed to extradite from Alaska since then is uh, around 50 billion yeah it's it was a bad financial move i think it was called russian north america which is also a shit name for us for a place it is a bit weird um next the current year in ethiopia is 2013 not 2021 um why uh something to do with a dispute over the birth of christ hmm oh fair enough we'll have to just warn them about Corona and uh, Donald Trump, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you can have a shit next seven years. Yeah, it does not get better. There is no light at the end of the tunnel there. Isn't the uh, the Ark of the Covenant is supposedly in uh, Ethiopia as well? Might have something to do yeah. with that. Yeah, apparently. I don't know how the hell it ended up there because that is very far away from um, where it started out, but I guess. Moving on. Um, well, if I was going to ask you what country has the longest country name in the world, what would you say? Um, I'd say it's probably one of those countries that has like the People's Republic, the People's Democratic Republic of something, you know? Yep. So I we're looking that. for it. We're defining the length of this name by how many characters are used. Hmm. The Democratic Republic of the Congo. No, but you're on the right lines. It's actually where we live. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very long. The official name of uh, if you live in the UK or Northern Ireland, well, you are part of Northern Ireland. If you live in Great Britain, um, you technically are in the country of the longest name because the official title is, as Will rightly said, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Mm, that was a that that was stupid of me because that's written on the passport for God's sake. Yeah, but uh, if if you asked me last week, I would have said the People's Republic of North Korea or something. So um, mm. yeah, I, I, it's one of those things that goes uh, grossly overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Quite a good fact, I think. Uh, number three or whatever we are. Um, did you know it's illegal to feed pigeons in the streets of San Francisco? Hmm. That's very weird to me. Yeah. San Francisco is sort of notorious for having a lot of problems with street hygiene. So that really surprises me that they, they do something like that. Why do they do it? 
Um, I have no idea. <laughs> they hate pigeons. They're pigeon racists. I don't know. To be fair, like when you go to the seaside, they say don't feed the, the seagulls and stuff. Maybe it's the same kind of thing. That maybe does kind it, of maybe yeah. it's to not spread disease because they're they're vermin, aren't they? So it's uh... they are. Yeah, probably there's unofficial rules in other places not to feed uh, pigeons because they are kind of annoying. <laughs> there we go. Um, did you know that a third of all airports are located in the USA? That doesn't surprise me at all, to be fair. Well, no, that is interesting, but um, there's so many internal flights in America, it's nuts. They're literally like, they don't have any trains in America, it's something I've noticed. Like, mm. in a country like, like China or Russia, they have, there's a uh, lot. They have cargo railway, don't they? They use it for, like, cargo, not for travel yeah. essentially. Well, just, if, you, if you look at America, if you look at, like, the, um, the big town, like the capital, the state capital, there might be, like, a metro and some trains there. But like there aren't trains going to the other little towns in the state. Like, I think there was a thing about how in Scotland, if you're going from the capital to like this place called I can't even remember the name, like Mechanic or something, which is like a small town, you get there's a train every half an hour. But in America, if you want to go from this massive state capital, Indianapolis, to like a huge city that's north, there's no train at all. So the only option is to drive. So mm. or it's, get They've got very good roads, though. They're very straight roads as well, so you kind of get somewhere quite quickly by driving. Yeah. Well, they just, yeah, they're, they're big on planes and cars. It's, that's their lifeblood. Interesting. Yes. Uh, moving on. Did you know that 99% of Libya is desert? Mm, God, that sounds like a... That sounds way too much. Although, you're looking at the map, it is the sort of bright... Uh, what's it called? The sort of sand colour. <laughs> the Sahara mm -hmm. Desert? Yeah, I guess it is mostly. I mean, I guess just what, the parts by the coast, or is there like a river that has a uh, basin? Um, I think, is it Tripoli? It's on the coast, isn't it? Yeah. That's the 1%, probably. Yeah, and Benghazi, and then everything else is... Yeah, it's weird, because those countries are quite big when you look at them on the, on the map, but they're actually tiny when you consider like how many cities they've got. Yeah, uh, Libya, in, in terms Libya, of population. It's just got one big road that goes in the middle of it, and the rest of it is totally empty. Mm. Weird. Mm. Yeah, if you're at home, look at Libya right now on a map. It's kind of crazy how empty it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, New York City on, in, on the globe is further south than Rome. Hmm. So if you had a straight line going uh, latitude-wise, uh, New York City would be slightly further south than Rome on the map. That's really interesting. Cause or on I the globe, on the curvature of the Earth. I always think New York is kind of known for being sort of snowy and cold. Yeah. The fact that well, it's in line with, like, central Italy is so weird. Yeah, I think it's, you know, yeah, exactly. I think of it pretty much as, like, very, very snowy. You think of Home Alone too, don't you? Yeah. Although I guess like it's way further south than us, so it can't be that yeah, cold, can it? No, it is. They had snowstorms there this um, past winter. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think it's, it's just a different climate. Climate doesn't work on how further north you are on the geographical sense. It just works on where you are. I guess located. you have a continental climate, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very interesting. Was it you that told me that? Um, uh, Edinburgh is further uh, west than Bristol. Uh, no, I don't think I told you that because I'm just learning it now. Well, that's that's true as well. 
Hmm. That's a weird uh, one. It is a weird one. Uh, did you know Russia is bigger than Pluto? <laughs> I mean... Volume-wise, in terms of landmass. That's fucking mad. That's really weird. Although Pluto got downgraded, didn't it? It's not a planet, technically. It did, but you would have thought as a, as a dwarf planet, or whatever it is now, that's still fucking big. It's got its own orbit. It still orbits around the sun. So you're telling orbit. me that Russia Russia could dislodge itself from Earth and still have enough, enough uh, mass to uh, orbit around the sun? As its also, own Pluto's planet. a ball. Like, that gives it an advantage, doesn't it? You can get a lot of surface area. Russia's just flat on a map. It's well, not just surface area, but also like the the volume Amazing. itself internally, you know, the core. From the core out. population as well. Just about. Although <laughs> you could say going to Russia is like visiting another planet. I've only been to Petersburg. I hate myself. I've been there and it's lovely. You should all go. Do you know the US state of Texas has a bigger economy than Russia? Oh, that's depressing. Yeah, I know. The, the economy is actually really, really not that great at all. Well, a lot of the money is kept in reserves, isn't it? It's not given out as much. Well, also, when there was the Union, they lost a lot of like their manufacturing and factories and everything. You know, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, everywhere. Mm, mm, they still have a lot. They still own a lot of Kazakhstan and uh, the Central Asian region. That's where all their all their space programs are done in Kazakhstan. Yeah, I wanted to go just to see that, actually. Not going to lie. I wanted to go to Baikonur. That's one, yeah. I have been to Kazakhstan, and it's, uh, yeah, found it quite nice. Hmm. Uh, Next. San Marino has more Hmm. cars than people in its country. San Marino's tiny, though, isn't it? It is. How has it got to the point where there's more cars? Maybe, what, there's a lot of millionaires there, maybe? or I, I honestly don't know. But it has more cars. Mm. Well, if you've got two cars, maybe you've got like a van for work and, you know, a little city runabout. And I think a lot of people who are Italian maybe just park their cars in San Marino. I don't know. It's probably not big enough for public transport, but like big enough that you would need a car. So that's why. That's what I'm Mm. guessing. It's pretty mad, isn't it? Mm, Very, very weird. I love the whole like the legal things with microstates and how they came to be and everything. So it's always super interesting. Indeed. Um, did you know that Dubai owns 20% of the world's cranes? Mm. Have you, you haven't been to Dubai, have you? No. No, Dubai is crazy with cranes. Dubai, the skyline, they're building so rapidly that I remember last time I was there, they, they made, um, the government made an announcement that they were going to have all cranes out of the sky by 2025. So if you were building a building, everyone had to finish by 2025. So everyone in Dubai is basically just speed running, like building as many um, like apartment complexes as right. humanly possible. Because in 2025, the government says no more cranes. Fair enough. It's incredible foresight if it works. Yeah, it's just it's just because they like there's so many cranes there now that it kind of does ruin the skyline a little bit. And I mean, Dubai is pretty beautiful only because of the skyscrapers. Like that's that's all there is there. So I do kind of get it. Indeed, um, this next one I found hard to believe, but I can assure you it is true. Monaco. So your love of uh, small micronations continues. 
It's been very micronation heavy, this podcast. Um, Monaco is smaller than Central Park in New York City. Mm, Jesus Christ. That just makes me think Central Park is pretty massive because it is I've pretty been big. Monaco a couple of times and it was it's pretty big. Like it's not it's a micronation, but it's you know it's got some surface area. That's really, really weird. But it's I mean I saw another thing that got compared to Central Park. What the fuck was it? No, oh that's annoying. I found a I saw a really interesting thing that was like a size comparison. There was another thing. Did you ever see that um, article about how much Central Park would be worth if it was converted to real estate? Um, no, it, but I imagine it'd be billions. I'm going to look it up now. Oh, really? No, okay, I won't. But it's a lot. It's a shit ton. It's like a trillion or something ridiculous. Oh, God. Oh, no. Let's hope it never comes to that. I think one day it probably inevitably will. But uh, there we go. So we spoke about Fiji earlier um, in colonial context, but did you know in 2010, Fiji lost its declaration of independence and had, had to ask Great Britain for a photocopy? That's brilliant. I kind of like that. So how did they lose it? I mean, it, I would have thought it would be just kept in a government building somewhere. More than likely. I have no idea. Oh, and by the way, I did look up the Central Park thing. It's worth $39, billion, uh, $39 trillion. Jesus Christ. I can't, like, your brain doesn't work to even quantify that as an actual number. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so It's so obsessive that you, you, just, you it's not even worth thinking about. Oh, God. Um, so, Will, when was the age of the cavemen? Mm, well, dinosaurs was 60 million, so it was obviously later than that. I'm going to go with, I don't know, it's millions, isn't it, right? Um, what if I told you it was now? Explain. 30 million people in China live in caves. Hmm. The population of the world at the time of the Stone Age was an estimated 5 million people, meaning there is more cavemen now than there was back then. Hmm. Not sure how I feel about that. That's quite unsettling. Also, why are so many people in China living in caves? I don't know. That's so weird. Just <laughs> They've got so much space. Well, mm, apparently there was a and there was a government uh, scheme to move them out of the caves into bigger caves. You would have thought you'd move them out into problem. houses, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it does sound like a very weird issue to solve, and then put them back into caves. That sounds weird. That sounds like some sort of Chinese conspiracy theory. Certainly does. Anyway, that's all the uh, quick five facts we have for today. Will, would you please introduce with a random selection of noises from your mouth the alternative travel news? <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to do a drum roll. Welcome to the travel oh, news. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so, first up, we have Alan Shepard. Do you know Alan Shepard? Um, rings a bell. Uh, no, he doesn't ring bells. He uh, is <laughs> an <laughs> Apollo astronaut uh, who was on Apollo 14. And mm. he was the astronaut who famously played golf on the moon. Now, mm. NASA recently found one of the golf balls he teed off. Now, amazingly, if you're playing golf on the moon, you would have thought you hit the ball and it just travels and keeps on going for eternity. Um, but using high-tech telescopes, they actually found out that Alan Shepard uh, mishit the ball 
and it only travelled 40 yards and uh, landed uh, not too far from where he teed off on the moon. That's, how did they find it? What, with the telescope? Yeah, apparently, I, 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 I'm, don't ask me, I don't work for NASA, but they found it a few months ago. Those Nazi scientists at NASA are bored. <laughs> They're just bored. They're like, let's find that golf ball on the moon. They've probably got enough brain power to sort of cure cancer or something, but they're using it to find golf balls on the moon. I'll tell you what, they're specifically trying to find the golf ball. They're like, uh, we need a government grant. What for? We want to find that golf ball. It's 20 yeah, million. Well, no, I don't think it was. I think they were just found it by coincidence. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Imagine how much that golf ball is worth. Imagine if you could auction that off the golf ball that was used on the moon. That's well, something I don't know, that... Apparently, um, moon rock is worth millions, if you had a bit of that. Yeah. But, like, imagine, you know how much money golfers have. That's, like, one of the wealthiest sports. Everyone who plays golf is uh, rich. Mm. I bet one of them would love to collect a golf ball that was hit on the moon. That's... Might just end up on, like, a mini golf course. In <laughs> yeah, or something. Or Blackpool. Mm. Uh, next up, a man who visited the Antarctic 53 years ago um, lost his wallet there, and it's been found and recovered 53 years later. I've heard of something like this before. How many years ago did this happen? Um, I'm not sure, but I've only recently discovered it. Yeah, I, I, that's nuts. I've heard things like that. I've heard of a woman who who lost her like wedding ring um, in South Sea, and like came back like years later and went swimming and found it and something like that. Mm. I find that nuts. I don't get how. I guess you know it's the law of um, infinite possibility, isn't it? Eventually, sure. and I think in, in Antarctica, the scientists tend to return to like the same places. Mm, true. So it's, it's a slight change in the winds and the the erosion of the rock. It, it's every chance, I suppose, it could appear again. But mm. apparently, it had a picture of his ex-wife in it. <laughs> what was it? His ex when he um, lost the wallet, or yeah, I guess so. Mm. Divorce because he kept on buggering off to. Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it says a lot about a relationship where you're like, no, I am going to be in a frozen hell for six months, actually. I'm not going to stay with you. Indeed. Uh, moving on. So we've discussed the um, absurdities of Turkmenistan and how their dictator ruler is just off the chain. He's nuts and leads one of the most oppressive countries in the world. He's got an unhealthy obsession with uh, world records. He's got a capital city, which is a ghost town. Um, it's illegal to wear makeup. Um, women aren't allowed to drive cars. All the cars in Ashgabat must be white. Um, he's just got an insane, insane leadership over that country, which is just mental. Nothing makes sense. It's like the Truman Show. But anyway, how do you think Turkmenistan handled COVID-19? Um, oh, God, it could go either way, couldn't it? I'm going to say very, very well. Uh, not really. Um, yeah. As you quite imagine... In true Turkmenistani fashion, the ruler of Turkmenistan, Gurban Guli Berdi Mukhamedov, claims licorice produced in Turkmenistan can cure COVID-19. What was that guy's name again? Gurban Guli Berdi Mukhamedov. That 100% sounds like you just made that up. I know, but it's true. That just sounds like you're just saying... <laughs> Gurban Guli Berdi Mukhamedov. That's kind of that sounds like something you'd you like a racist person would say to taunt a foreign person. I know. Hello, it's, Mr. It's genuinely, it's genuinely, you you know it's if you you if you're found out to be um um uh, being 
depreciative of the uh, our Turkmenistani leader, uh, Gömenguli Berdi Mohamedov, you can be arrested and imprisoned for up to six years if you yeah. said anything negative about him whatsoever. So I'd watch your mouth, Will. <laughs> you know, it's weird. They have those kind of rules in quite civilised countries because in Turkey, you're, it's pretty strict on criticising the president as well. Erdogan, yeah. Um, oh but anyway, they, they claimed um, that his licorice produced in Turkmenistan can cure COVID-19, despite the fact that the UK ambassador to Turkmenistan caught the virus while she was there. Hmm. And Something tells me that licorice doesn't cure COVID. And I've met her. Really? When, oh, yes, wait, I've met the ambassador to Turkmenistan. Why? How did you meet her? Was it? Uh, she was at the launch party of the, uh, I say party, the launch of the Mongol rally, and uh, she had to give us a lot of quite important information on the do's and don'ts of Turkmenistan, uh, because it is one of the most oppressive regimes in current existence, and it can be quite deadly. What was like being an ambassador there? That must suck. Well, apparently she's like the only female who's allowed to drive there. <laughs> she's, oh, she told me she gets on getting pulled over by the police, and then she says I'm British, and she uh, yeah gets away over diplomatic immunity. It That's is funny. But she's getting pulled over, and the way to get out of every ticket is just to say I'm British. I'd love to do that. <laughs> just get caught. Oh, you love to get you know like um, in certain countries and like films they like um, the um, depicts the British as like loving tea and the royal family, and mm. they're, they're just obsessed. And you know. You can get out of a parking fine by just a charming Hugh Grant-esque British accent. Yeah. Well, no, it's true, though, because, like, you, you have diplomatic immunities super, super, like, enshrined in law. So if you're caught, like, driving along, doing cocaine, like, having a prostitute in the car and all that, and they pull you over, you can just be like, I'm British, I work at the embassy, and they, they can't do shit. Mm. He's really got a great, great name, though. Uh, Gerben Gouli, Birdie McHamadov. I love that so much. Yes. Well, the the founder of Turkmenistan was called Turkmen Bashi, wasn't he? So. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice name. That's quite... That's like Enver Pasha or like Ataturk or something. Madonna. Nicely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, a new gin company opened in South Africa with the unique process of filtering the alcohol through elephant dung. One critic said it tasted a bit crap. <laughs> it tasted... Mm, I, I feel like this is something that's kind of common using like fermented elephant dung in food and drink and stuff. I feel like I've heard of that before. Same time, I don't... I, I would try it, to be totally honest with you, but I'm quite good with food. Just giving it a go. Yeah. Ate an eyeball. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure that would taste that great. <laughs> no doubt. Um, next up, you might have... I think you might have talked about this before, but Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos take over Colombia. Let me explain. Uh, so Pablo Escobar, known for his love of animals, spent millions on his own private zoo at a complex in Colombia. When he was killed in 1993, most of the animals were given new homes or unfortunately put down. However, the hippos were supposedly too expensive and too difficult to handle. So experts decided to leave them to die in their enclosure. But instead, they thrived, escaped the enclosure. And in the subtropical Colombia, it suited their kind of breeding um, program, and uh, now there's herds of them destroying the ecosystem in the Colombian jungles. Mm -hmm. Also, hippos are fucking dangerous. Hippos are like the most dangerous well, land predator, aren't they? As, as we found out on our previous podcast about the um, uh, interesting travel stories, 
what was the guy who sent no. it in? Bernard, something like that. He got tossed out of a kayak by a hippo. Yeah, they're horrible. They're Again. absolutely, they're a menace. Yes, it's uh, quite, uh, yeah, a bit weird. And I like how they're so-called experts as well. Well, well, yeah, I like how the expert them. said, right, let's let these hippos die in a cage. Like, that's lovely. That's what the experts say to do. You know what I mean? Probably work at the I same like, zoo as the one in uh, the one at the Great Wall of China. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's fucking harsh. Like, you know, they could have just said, you know, we'll have to put them down. But they were just like, no, nah, just let's, let's let them starve to death. <laughs> so horrible. Oh, dear. Well, they're thriving now, so they very much had the last laugh. Um... Mm. Next up, a French woman has been fighting the government to prove she is not dead. Mm. Let me explain. The 58-year-old Jean Pochin is still very much alive, but hasn't any documents, such as a driver's license or a passport, to prove it. After ignoring multiple court claims from a former employee of her business, the courts and lawyers assumed she had passed away. And after ignoring emails and letters, instead... Jean told, had sold a business and moved to Lyon. When her card expired with her bank, uh, she went into an, a bank to get a new one, only to find out she was apparently dead. With no papers to prove who she is, she still isn't legally alive. Hmm. Do you feel like this is kind of her fault for like not responding to any of the, the communication and then not having a passport or any information? Hmm, apparently. Maybe you could. But then again, if like she uh, she went she her business went out of business. Uh apparently she didn't pay one of her employees, uh employees threatened to take her to court, but she was completely unaware of this. And I think maybe she looked a lot older than she actually was, so they just assumed she was dead and she moved mm-hmm. to Leon. So I think it's just a series of coincidences that uh, ended up in her well, she's still not legally alive, so she can't get a new bank account new driver's license or even leave the country or vote jesus christ and apparently <laughs> i was listening to radio earlier and apparently it's a more common problem than you might expect particularly in france where they have quite a blasé attitude um to trying to find out if someone still exists and apparently there's a small community of, community of people who've called themselves the undead who are still trying to prove that they're actually alive when the government deems them to have died that's kind of weird when you think about it. You're having to prove to the state that you're still alive. That's like a level of authoritarianism almost, isn't it? Like, it's pretty mad, isn't it? It's pretty mad. Um, next up, a bulldog has become mayor of a town in Kentucky with 13,143 votes. Mm, I've heard of this happening before. Dogs getting elected. It's just a well, case of like... Like, I think it's just people trying to fuck with the system and just put, like, a dog because they're not happy with the system. There must be someone actually pulling the strings. They can't actually just put the dog in the office and just... Well, it sounds weird. It sounds weird, but the small town of Rabbit Hush in Kentucky has elected elected a dog as a mayor every year since 1998. Wow. So they've obviously been having success because he's been re-elected. Not the same dog, but um, multiple dogs. Uh, they, they just just elect any dog they find just wandering on the streets. I, well, I don't know. I suppose. Who knows? But it makes me think what happened to the actual last human mayor in 1997. He must okay. have done such a bad job. They're going to be like, well, this guy's done such a bad job. We're going to go to a different species. 
Well, also, if he was the mayor, if he didn't retire, that means he got beaten in an election by a dog. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. god yeah that's the, he must have killed himself after that that's, you, how could he live with yourself it reminds me of this quite popular meme I keep seeing on Instagram about how in Stuart Little the parents go to an orphanage where like there's all these all these kids <laughs> with like you know no parents and they're down on their luck and they choose a fucking mouse you know <laughs> yeah they, good point they just, they just ignore all the kids and they're like yeah we'll have the mouse please <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. I'm never going to watch that same that film in the same vein, uh, and rightly so. And fuck Stuart Little. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, like, fucking... they could have easily taken the mouse and the kid because looking after a mouse is like the easiest thing in the world. But they just chose to just take a mouse. So fucked up. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. That mouse is probably getting some sort of government benefit as well. There's probably there's probably some sort of benefit fraud going on here. Well, we can mm-hmm. take the mouse and we can still keep the money from the government. Yeah. I mean, count it as a child. I'm sure someone's done that. I think they do I that. Well, they used to, apparently, um, people who, going back to the dead thing, um, the dead thing, <laughs> uh, going back to like the voting, um, apparently people used to sign up for people who died. So they go to like churches and graveyards and uh, they're able to get the information of like their date of birth, and they were able to register them as still being alive, even though they weren't, and use their vote for their particular party. Oh, that's bad. That's full that on happened, vote. That happened in um, in Britain in the uh, uh, Victorian era. Yeah. Anyway, next fact. Um, so, don't know how much you know about American history. Not much. So the tenth president of America was John Tyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the 10th president of America. He was born in the year 1790, right? Mm-hmm. His grandson, Harrison Tyler, is still alive. Hmm. Hmm. So. So President Biden is the 46th president. Yeah. So the yeah. 10th president, John Tyler, was born in 1790. His grandson, Harrison Tyler, is still alive, aged 91. Hmm. For context, for a bit of context, in 1790, do you know who is the president? So when John Tyler was born, who was president of America in 1790? Um, It's not long after the revolution. So Washington... Yeah, it 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 was George Washington, the first president of America. Oh, it's still George Washington. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So when his when his uh, granddad was born, the first president of America was serving his term, hmm. and he's and he's still alive. It's it's uh, ridiculous. Hmm. Man, it goes back That's to the thing I was saying a few podcasts ago that if you if you met your great granddad and your great granddad met their great granddad, you've met someone who's who met someone in like. 1802 like it's uh yeah it's 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 time is a weird concept mm, very 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 he must have been super old when he had kids if he's if his bloodline's going on like that maybe maybe um and finally pope francis once worked as a bouncer in argentina so pope francis is the current pope and he once worked as a bouncer in argentina yeah, I guess you can have no fear of people like that. You know, uh, pub goers and bar goers when you've got God literally behind you. 
Yeah, I think oh, that's quite a good job to have when you're religious. Yeah, I don't know. I do hope the uh, the uh, the club he worked out was called the uh, Monastery of Sound. For God's sake, I'm going to have to hang up for that one. That's a very good joke. <laughs> I was thinking there's a night, there's a gay nightclub in London called Heaven, and I thought you were going to make a reference to that. <laughs> Imagine if he worked there. So yeah, controversial. Oh yeah. dear, it's like the most well-known nightclub in London I thought that was what you were going for but I'm glad you didn't stoop to that <laughs> no well he might have worked there and uh, for all his sins oh dear and on that note it is uh, time to pack our bags and take the next flight home as once again we draw to the natural conclusion of what's been quite a long but what I'd argue is quite a um, interesting podcast would you agree Will yeah, I love really random trivial facts. It's my lifeblood. It's been good to do an episode based on it, basically. Yeah, 100%. So uh, once again, thank you all for listening wherever you do. And wherever you do listen, make sure you follow us, subscribe, uh, maybe share us with other people to reach a grander audience with this new wealth of knowledge you now have. Um, but until next time, sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>